Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his nearly superhuman knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow, Tax Doctor, Inc. We're going to talk tax consequences because, hey, it's right there in the title. So we might as well spend a little time pros and cons of the various account types is what we're going to get into this week here on the podcast. And Tony, before we do, I got to ask you a question. Uh, I saw Costco's and stuff like that are starting to say, hey, we're going to limit the purchase of you know TP and cleaning supply. It's like, are we really... We really doing this again? You know, <laughs> I just saw that myself, and I I, I couldn't believe the headline. I know, I, when I first and I saw get it. it. Right now, it's logistics more than it is panic buying, uh, because you know we're still having you know trucking situations and clearing shipping containers and docks and all that stuff. But it's the point of like people just we overreact. That we'll see these news headlines, and then you know they're going to run out and do it. Yeah, they run out. Yeah, I, it, it could be a, a sales ploy too. You know, just well, that's to, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, just to get people in. But I do, I do think the more you know, as this year has has drug on, and and through my travels, and even here locally, the, the supply chains are are you know are suffering. Oh, they're definitely suffering. Yeah, you know, we have, we've got labor issues. You know, everybody all, all up and down, whether it's restaurants. Yeah, accounting firms. I mean, you know, hospitality, especially struggling to find employees and. Uh, it's crazy. When I went out to, I just had my car serviced mm-hmm. and they said that they can't, uh, they don't have enough. I don't know they're missing some chip that comes from overseas and they can't finish the cars to get them on the lot. So they, they don't have a whole lot of inventory of oh, brand yeah. new cars to sell, yeah. you know, and I think that's, that's why used car sales up so much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just in, incredible. And boy, you, you know, uh, good for the, the remodeling instruction industry, but you know, lumber's way up, you know, so that, so that's costing a lot, but it seems like a lot of my business clients that we, especially we do accounting for are having good years, which is good. No, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And I, I saw that and I was like, and here's the thing, you know, we talk often about, you know, just having a strategy, right? Have a plan and you can apply that lesson to so much stuff in life, Tony, like even buying toilet paper. When yes. we went through what we went through last year, you know, hope I would have hoped that more people and probably a number of them did get wise. But like I told my wife, I was like, look, we never know if what's going to happen when it starts to get cold again or whatever. So maybe every other trip to the store, maybe pick up an extra four pack. Right. right. Then you're not panic buying and you're not hoarding. Right. We're just right. kind of getting a little extra, just a little small yeah, stockpile going. Ahead you know, of whatever, just in case something does get silly again versus mm-hmm. that everybody flocking in and just cleaning the stuff out, you know? Yeah. So no, I know it. it is crazy. And that's a strategy that even that is a strategy and that's that why, and that's yes. planning as well. So that's going to do it this week for the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about tax consequences then, because this is planning as well too. So as I mentioned, let's do pros and cons of some of these account types and you just give us some advantages, disadvantages, that kind of thing. Sure. Okay. Uh, tax deferred accounts. Let's start with the traditional, the 401k, the IRA, most of the places where we are conditioned to sink our money. Yes. And these are all uh, great accounts, by the way. I'm, I'm not going to you know, come out and say that uh, one is better or worse in any case than any other. But Yeah, just pros and cons. Yeah, just pros and cons. And so you do need to know these because uh, they all have their place. So in the traditional tax deferred accounts, in you know, our IRAs and 401ks, of course, the big advantage is when you put money in, 
you know, it's going to be a tax deduction means it's going to look like to the government when you file that tax return that you didn't earn it, even though it's still your money and you, you still own it. You just parked it somewhere for retirement. Big, big deal because theoretically, you know, A, you're not paying taxes on it. You will later, which is kind of a disadvantage. Uh, but the big advantage is you're not paying taxes and it's going to grow tax deferred. So, you know, it's going to grow faster because you're not, the little tax man is not going to be there with his hand out every year taking their cut. So that's been the traditional way to save for retirement. A couple of disadvantages, and, and this is kind of a hotter topic lately, is, and, and this is true, is, you know, when you have big sums in these accounts, you know that you've got an IOU to Uncle Sam and to your state government, meaning that they're going to want their tax at some point. And even though we've kicked the can down the road a while, the old thinking was, well, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. And a lot of times nowadays, sometimes that's the exact opposite. We're actually now in a higher bracket. So when we go to pull this money out, now we owe taxes then. And uh, again, depending on how you look at it, could be a a disadvantage uh, there as far as that goes. I think with this, like all retirement accounts, another small disadvantage is, you know, money set aside. That's what the government wants you to do is keep it set aside until you're 59 and a half. And uh, there's penalties if you pull it out early and things like that. So you got to mm-hmm. got to know uh, the ins and outs of these, and and just have a conversation with your advisor. They're they're going to explain the same thing and and go through it, and then help you decide which one. Well, uh, it's is the better. you know it's the education and the and the like I said the conditioning that we've been getting for years that this is where we go. Right, we just put the stuff in a traditional four hundred one k, we tax defer it. And I like how you said it's it's ours, but we haven't. They don't view it as ours yet. The government doesn't. It's just someplace mm-hmm. we parked it until they want their cut later on when we take it. That's like the RMDs, yes. so on and so forth. And that's the tra- traditional way of thinking. But there are a lot of alternatives that maybe are better way to go. And at the time we're taping this, Tony, we don't have any official word yet. It's what's going to happen with the tax proposals. But uh, you know, there's all the talk about you know well they're going after the wealthy. But if you really look at some of the other things in there, it's not just the ultra wealthy. It's not even really just the wealthy, right? Right. Uh, there's some yeah. things in there that are gonna, that's going to pinch all of us a little bit if mm-hmm. they make these changes. And and over the last couple of years, tax free accounts like a Roth IRA and and even a newer thing like a Roth 401k have been very very um, appealing to people because I know what my tax rate is today. I don't know what it's going to be in the future. And whether they make a change or not, they're sunsetting, so they're going back up in a couple of years regardless. Exactly. And if you really, if you think about it, take all the politics out and whatnot, that, you know, it pretty much everybody knows, you know, that the government spends more than they take in. We've got a lot of debt. <laughs> and they're not very efficient. Point, right. They're not very efficient. Uh, and, and, you know, some at some point, we have to start paying for some of this somehow. And some of the things that they they like to do is mess around with with some of this stuff and create taxes to do that. But the tax free accounts really have gained a lot of steam, like the the Roth, because the, the thing with them is is you don't get a tax deduction when you put the money in. It's all after tax dollars, so the government isn't out anything because you know they collect the tax on that. Mm-hmm. But the deal with them in these accounts is as well. Okay, I didn't get a tax deduction, but they're saying. All the earnings on these accounts is tax-free, not tax-deferred, free forever. So the pot of money that time. grows, <laughs> yeah, there's no taxes being with or uh, being paid uh, on the earnings. And then when you take it out, uh, you don't have to worry about that. Now, some of the things the government has 
found and tried to close because obviously if they were were no limits on these things all the wealthy would stash all their money there i mean they're they're not uh, they're not dummies when it, you know when it comes to this but the irs says hey or, or the feds say you know you can only put so much in a year which is you know 6000 then there's a catch up uh, i think it's still 6000 might be 6500 i think it's 65 right now yeah um so you can't stash too much in there but what a lot of people are doing now though which is a legal loophole is really taking money, uh, you know, putting in the 401ks or whatnot, or have some money in IRAs and they're taking out and doing Roth conversions, you know, up to their tax limit and saying, okay, like you said earlier, we're going to pay some tax now. We know what it is. And I'm going to keep converting until I get all my money out of, you know, the tax deferred stuff, or they're using the newest thing, you know, the Roth, the Roth 401k, which is just like the regular IRA uh, and 401k is just, you don't get a tax deduction now, but you can stash a lot of money in those. So, it's a very good account. I think it. I think it deserves some looks, especially if you're younger. Mm, yeah, and uh, it's a heck of a deal. So I, I think you should take a look at it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I think that's where we're. You know, people we're trying to be more efficient because every time we get more efficient, then the IRS is like, "Well, we got to get more efficient." And it's this chess game, yeah. and it's always funny these conversations about I found a loophole or I, you know, I want to find. And it's like, yeah. well, the code is the code is the code, right, Tony? As a tax professional, there's not technically really loopholes, right? There's just there's just the code and the people who are willing to find the ways to manipulate it the best to their best advantage. To their best advantage, yeah, yeah. it really is. And then so, and sometimes the IRS says, "Well, you know, too many people are doing this," and and then they change the code, right. so you can't yeah. do that. And that's closing anymore. the loop, right? Yeah. That's closing the loop. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, uh, uh, all right. Well, well, talk to me about number three: after-tax brokerage accounts. What what are those? First of all, just kind of explain them a little bit, just for people. Taxable accounts, though. Yeah, so a taxable account really is no different. I mean, you could call anything a taxable account, you know, your savings account, CDs, money markets, but brokerage account, you know, would fall under that, meaning that you just decided that you were going to, you know, start investing in some securities and, you know, just it might be equities, might be mutual funds, whatever. Mm-hmm. So and like it's just e- a tax like e trade account, for example. Yeah, like e trade, what, okay. whatnot. And that's called a taxable account, meaning that. Even though you own securities, when you buy and sell, if you have gains, uh, you're going to be taxed on the gains only when you sell them, though. And you know, if, if your securities generate dividends and interest income and things inside of that account, you're going to be taxed on it. So at the end of the year, you're going to get a statement called 1099B, and it's going to summarize all this, and you have to give that to your tax person because uh, you, know, you have to claim that on your taxes. So what's the advantage and disadvantages? Well, the advantages really are, again, you're, you're paying your taxes now. And you know you're you're not into all the rules. You don't have to take money out at any certain time. You know exactly where you're at. I think another advantage, you know, but this is in any type of account. Uh, long-term capital gains are taxed at a lower rate uh, th- than your potential income is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could do some tax loss harvesting, which is a tax planning move, where if you've got a lot of gains and you got a few losses, you know you can offset those the tax on those gains by, by uh, selling and deducting your losses. So okay. they have a, they have a, uh, a spot, especially if you've maxed out the other two things we've just talked about, people say, well, I still want to save more. And we say, well, you know, I mean, there's a couple other things, but you know, just a regular account sometimes makes some sense. Or if it's just a trading account, a lot of people use E-Trade and, and Schwab and things, and they do a lot of trading and, uh, that's where you do that at. Okay. You know, I forgot to ask you whenever I ask you to give us some pros and cons uh, to ask you whether or not you use these some of these tools in your retirement planning process. And I'd imagine for these first three, you use all of these, right? We Tax use all of them. Yeah, yeah we, okay. we do. I mean, we, we start at the top and try to, 
um, you know, get the, the most tax savings or deferral that we can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if people are want to keep going, you know, and, and we try to set high savings rates and then we break it out between the different accounts. But if somebody's got the wherewithal to say, I want to save, you know, 10, 15% of my income, a lot of times we can't get it all in one type of account because, uh, gotcha. because of the rules the IRS says, you know, yeah. it's too advantageous. And as a CFP, a certified financial planner and professional, I imagine, and a, you know, obviously a tax person. So you're, you get to you get to kind of look at this through both lenses, right? So you, when you're thinking about these things, you know, where a lot of times if you're working with someone who's just a financial planner, uh, they they will say things like, "Well, let's they have tax knowledge, of course, but they'll mm-hmm. say let's consult the tax person." You get that nice uh, advantage, unless I'm wrong, of looking through it with both lenses at the same time. We do, yeah, and we get we get some calls from clients, yeah, that work with financial planners. And their tax clients, and of course they want. I think I think some financial planners, and it's probably you know uh, something they don't want to get into if they get too far into uh, sure. some of the tax stuff. But it is good, especially with tax clients, because we already have their tax return. Yeah, you're, you're right you there just, looking at it. Yeah, you know, um, plug some numbers into the tax software, into the financial planning software, and try to find the best route uh, based on what they want to do using all these different kinds of accounts. It's, right. Yeah. It's, it, it's almost a must these days to, to be able to do that. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I got two more. Let's see if we can knock them out. You mentioned CDs, so let's bring that one up. I, you know, I know we're trying to be you know pros and cons. I'm finding a hard time finding any pros to CDs right this minute. I mean, other than the <laughs> fact that they're, I guess they're safe, right? But I mean, you know, talk to me a little bit about CDs. Well. Yeah, I mean, CDs, they're always the whipping boys of the investment, especially now, Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the the CDs, the the advantages of them, of course, you know, back in the day where you could earn a reasonable rate of interest, that's mostly what retirees put their money in. You know, if you could get five, I remember the days when it was 8%. And the big advantage is, you know, that, that that's FDIC insured. So there's no risk to your principal. You know, it's a contract between you and the bank, and they're going to give you X amount of dollars or interest rate. And at the end, they're going to return your money and you could do it again. Yeah. And all different kinds of time horizons and whatnot. The problem has been over the years is rates have shrunk. You know, these rates now are what I would call very, very low. I mean, you can't even keep up with inflation on these things. No, not at all. Uh, And if you take inflation into account, your tax rate into account, because these things, unless you put them in an IRA, are taxable. Sometimes there's actually if you show it to people, a negative return in real dollars. Wow. And so, but a lot of retirees still like to cling to them. They complain a lot. They're just, you know, not earning. And, <laughs> right. and, uh, to your point, the, them, the whipping post, right? Yeah. They, you know, you're, you're not going to get that, you know, and you're going to have to come up with something else uh, and venture out a little bit. But, um, you know, they still have their place. I mean, okay. you can vet, save for children. You can, you can do some things. You can use them for college. Uh, depends on your risk appetite. But these are ultra, ultra uh, conservative. And, um, you know, if, if rates ever come back to something respectable, I'm sure you'll see them not being talked about like they do are today. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then my final one, the fifth one here, Tony, is life insurance. Now, we're talking about tax consequences, and that might strike people as strange sounding. So are there tax consequences to life insurance? There are tax consequences, and everybody loves to hate the life insurance sales guy, you know, these days. But life insurance still has a great, I think, value in planning, not only for your estate and retirement, but, you know, everybody always wants to, you know, the old saying, uh, what is it, invest in term or buy term and invest the difference. Right. Um, I still think that uh, 
cash value life insurance in certain situations makes some sense because you can't, you know, the, the tax, it's going to build up cash value. It's growing tax deferred. You can borrow against it because it's your money. No questions asked. Life insurance, of course, for the death benefit is tax-free to the beneficiaries. doesn't matter how much it is. And, you know, you can use it in some really sophisticated planning techniques, depending on what you want to do and how you want to leave your money uh, for children. And I think it still makes some sense. You know, people ask me, well, hey, you know, I, I've got X amount of dollars in my nest egg. I, I want to leave my kids something, but I want to spend my money, you know, and we t- tell them, well, you could do that. Just go out and, you know, you could buy a life insurance policy, make sure it pays, you know, you're paying on it or it's a paid up policy. And then you can go out and spend every dime. And at least, you know, your kids are going to have, you know, what you want them to have should mm-hmm. you uh, pass away. But so there's a lot of uses for it. It does get complex. Sometimes it's not sold properly and for all the wrong reasons, but I think you should, you know, at least take a look at it as, as a, as a planning tool. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that they just, that we think of life insurance as just life insurance and, you know, and, and right. not thinking about necessarily the tax consequences. So I wanted to bring that up and have you address that a little bit this week on the show. All right. So thanks for hanging out with us this week as we talked about tax consequences with well, the tax man. So that's why we do the show, Plan with the Tax Man. So if you've got questions, as always, get on the calendar, talk with a qualified professional before you take any action. If you're not already working with Tony, make sure you check with a professional before you take any action on something here on our show or any others. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartStitcher, all that fun stuff. Find it all at yourplanningpros.com. That is yourplanningpros.com. Dot com. Tony, thanks for hanging out and explaining some of the tax ramifications of some of these things. I appreciate you. Yeah, you bet. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll be in November the next time we get together. Yeah. So it'll be nice and maybe the chilliness will really be rolling in. So Yeah. And we'll be talking about Christmas in November when it should wait until December. But whatever. Mm, yeah. I'll, get, I'll get on my uh, pumpkin spice high horse again, so I won't do that. We'll I see. like that. We'll see you next time, folks. Have a great week. Don't forget to subscribe to us here on the podcast. Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. We'll talk to you next time. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency.